Welcome back to the Well Now It podcast. I'm your host, Savannah. This is my 100th episode. 100. I think it's been two years now that I've been doing the podcast and I've had 100 people on. What a journey it's been. I first, when I first started, I was like, I'm going to do five episodes, maybe 10 max. <laughs> and to get at 100 is crazy. Also, Jordan's here. What up? He's going to be um, in this conversation in this episode as well. But I just wanted to do an intro and say thank you to everyone who's listened, whether you listened on the first episode to now. Um, I appreciate you. Or if you listen, if this is your first episode, then welcome. Welcome. I'm actually recording this in the kitchen because... <laughs> We recorded this episode with a relationship with food um, while making dumplings. So that's a new for us. And you get to hear some of the uh, little sizzles. the sizzles of the kitchen, like right now. Oh my God. Or our fridge that just like squeaks. Do you want to hear it? Okay, now it's like not wanting to squeak. But anyways, um, I just want to th- say like a big thank you. I did never think that I would <laughs> do this, to be honest. I was always that kid that would record little fake shows on my sister's MacBook on like photo booth um, in my bedroom. So I remember I did, I would take my duvet and put it behind me as a backdrop. And I'd be like, okay, today YouTube, well, I didn't post it on YouTube. I'm going to be doing a hairstyle and it was literally a ponytail or a side ponytail, my bad. And I would just... <laughs> like do a little tutorial. So I've always loved doing that, but I never thought I would actually publish anything publicly. So I'm just really damn proud of myself um, for doing this. And I'm really happy to see how the podcast has grown, how healing it's been for myself, how I've been able to give a platform to people who don't necessarily have a platform. All the conversations I've had, they're invaluable. And I'm just so grateful that I'm in a position to have and host these conversations. And moving forward, I made a little bit of an update on Instagram saying where I want the podcast to, to grow and where I want it to lead and you know after these 100 episodes. So I will continue to have interviews. Um, obviously, I love doing those. But ideally, I want to start having more in-person conversations. So right now, the episode, we didn't record it on camera, but we plan to do more with Jordan where we're gonna be either, he's gonna be cooking, we're gonna be eating a meal, and we're gonna be talking about some fun topics, whether that's you know mental health, whether that's reacting to pop culture. We're kind of open to having a lot of different conversations because we often have them without recording. We talk <laughs> about the weirdest shit, so. And for me, the podcasts that I love to listen to the most are the ones where they're just conversation. So that's where the podcast is gonna be. We're gonna record them on camera as well. Maybe do some fun cheeky edits. Like my inspo right now is chicken shop date. I fucking love that series. It's so good. It's so funny. Um, Not that I could ever be like that funny, but um, (laughs) because she's literally a legend. So we'll see. Thank you again for listening. Let's head into this episode. I hope you enjoy. Um, And if you liked it, subscribe, do all the things, comment on Instagram, say pee pee poo poo if you listened. Okay, let's get into it. As I said on Instagram, Jordan and I will be doing an episode today about relationship with food. So right now we're actually making dumplings. So if you hear anything, we're actually in the kitchen rolling them right now. So yesterday Jordan made the dumpling filling, one with chicken, one with mushroom, because we had a guest that was didn't, didn't eat red meat. So he improvised and they're looking so beautiful. <laughs> and nothing's more soothing or relaxing than just kind of like rolling dumplings. Yeah, it's like disconnecting. Yes. 
And we had we had a chat about it. Like we were tossing a soccer ball or passing around a soccer ball the other day. We were just having like a more serious conversation. I'm like, this is so therapeutic. And Jordan mentioned that back in the day when he was playing soccer in uni, um, you guys would have check-ins where you can further explain it, but you guys would have yeah. check-ins. Yeah, like the, the coach had these mandatory check-ins where we would just kind of, you would pick a player, someone that you wouldn't necessarily like converse, conversate with, and you would just check in and, and pass a soccer ball around and kind of like ask them how their week is going. It, it, it truly is like it's therapeutic and it's also it's like a, it's it's a good way to like stay connected with someone you know because you're distracting yourself but you're also like I feel like you're more honest when you're doing something yes and I, I like this yeah. and this is like perfect way to like segue into our topic with relationship with food as we're making food yeah we're making a lot of love but these dumplings we had last <laughs> night and they were so freaking good yeah, so we made some dumpling love we're for making sure. some like a big batch for my parents and then for us as well later that we can just freeze also sorry if my voice is a little nasally we're recovering from being ill the cocoa the cocoa got to us we're not invincible unfortunately we are we are um okay so relationship with food why i want to do this podcast in particular so my listeners if you've listened for a while I first opened up on the pod I think I did a solo episode I think it was last year maybe a year and a half ago where I talked about how in the past I had struggled with an eating disorder and I really wanted to just kind of talk about it and like open up that discussion and so many amazing people came forward and they're like thank you much for so thank you so much for sharing I've gone through this and it was so great that episode touched so many people and I just kind of wanted to continue the dialogue with food in particular and my relationship with it and culturally and how much I've learned to appreciate food and see it in a different light now being with Jordan. So I would say now, like I had a whole speech that I kind of gave out to Jordan last night of how much he's taught me about food. And I feel, you know, before growing up, like we always yeah. obviously had food around, we made food and my I would say my dad and my sister are very much foodies, but I wouldn't really consider myself one. Hmm. And then going through an eating disorder, I really lost that relationship with food where I was in fear of it or I just really didn't enjoy going to restaurants or anything because I was just kind of so anxious about it. Yeah. And now um, I feel dating you, you've taught me so much about food because Jordan was um, as a chef and he's not in the industry right now but he was in the industry for a really long time and he really explained the back end of what it's like to be a chef and kind of the appreciation of food and the way that he cooks food. You can tell there's just so much love into it. And he's an amazing chef, so, <laughs> like, also just so good, but, like, I can tell how much love he puts into it and it's really rubbed off on me in, like, a beautiful way. Mm. And I would I could never say that I've, like, this relationship that I have with food is amazing now. I really see it for what it is and I see how it brings people together and I never have those anxieties or anything like that. And saying this is huge because when I was really struggling and when it was really dark, I could have never imagined that my relationship with food would be so healed. I maybe yeah. imagined it, oh, maybe I wouldn't be so anxious, but now I just see it in a different light and I appreciate the way that it's made just from what you've taught me and yeah. how it's, you know, food is happiness and should be feared at all. That's beautiful. Thank, thank you. Well, thank you. That like, I don't know. That's just such a, such an incredible thing. I don't know. Like the fact that I impacted you that way. I mean, I did that clearly subconsciously. Like I wasn't, 
I mean, I wasn't set to like change any relationship, but the fact that I did in a positive way, that is just like, I don't know, that's one of the greatest achievements. Yeah, because I think before meeting you, I had healed and I'd done a lot of work on myself. Yeah. And my relationship with food was very kind of like neutral, I would say. But just being with you has just like increased it in a way that I've never had it in my entire life. Damn. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. And even just like it's brought me or it's been wanting to bring me closer to like my Chinese culture. Yeah. And. How so? I, I don't know. I guess like there's, for example, growing up, we used to often go to dim sum or have Chinese dinners and I never really, I feel like in the moment I never really appreciated them. Yeah. Or I remember when I was younger, I didn't like anything apart from like white rice. So I'd be like. (laughs) this is so gross. What is this? Yeah. Like, I don't even want to be here, but I didn't realize how not every family had these like dinners with their grandparents or like their entire family yeah. over food at a restaurant. Like with the, what are they not called? Lazy Susans, but the, the tables that spin. The spinny ones. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. forgetting the name right now, but it was always a crazy mix. And my grandpa would be so proud um, to have the entire family there. And he would always order and it really was just like a moment to bring people together, but I just didn't appreciate it then. Yeah. And now being, you know, a little bit older and I'm wanting to reconnect through that culture and through food, you've shown me that it's possible to do so. Yeah. I think it's, it's really interesting because like when you talk about your, your grandfather and, and how proud he was to be able to like sit there and have his entire family like present and being able to like pay for that meal and like. I I see that and, and and I think that comes with like an appreciation like an appreciation for food also. I think nowadays people are taking like food for granted and like a, a lot of people especially with like I don't know, I don't want to like shit on Uber Eats, but like it really disconnects you from the food and I like I mean, I will admittedly say that I use Uber Eats all the time fucking like nothing beats a hangover sausage and egg McMuffin in the morning but like (laughs) but like there's something about going to a restaurant and sitting there and celebrating something with someone that you like you truly love I don't know as especially as someone that's like worked in the industry like you wouldn't go out that much so when you did and when you were cooked for by someone else it's like such a beautiful experience and I don't know I, I think like things are changing and I think a lot of people are starting to appreciate the industry a little more. I think there are still like some huge strides that need to, that need to happen. Um, especially in terms of like treatment of, of people in the industry and everything like that. Yeah. I had no idea of like, obviously I think there's maybe stereotypes of the chef life where it's crazy hours. Yeah. And I just, I really didn't know what it was like I just assumed like it was crazy hours for people who were maybe in the, at the bottom of the totem pole yeah I didn't realize it was still the chef the one that was running the whole thing was still doing those crazy hours and those working environments that weren't ideal yeah like just today we met a man um who's now in a completely he's in the water sports industry and yeah. had been like at working at a Michelin star restaurant had been in the industry for what like over 15 years right yeah something yeah. crazy like that and he was just saying how he was just so happy to be like on a break from that industry um yeah. and then you had mentioned your one of your friends got back in the industry or got into the industry in his 40s yeah and the guy from that we it from it yes to a food yeah and the guy today was like oh i don't like i don't think anyone should go in that industry even younger like yeah yeah so it's interesting to hear that and so right now you're not currently in the industry no 
so how has has that changed your relationship with food and how do you kind of still because obviously you're passionate about cooking and food yeah how do you still kind of fulfill that passion day to day when you're not in the industry yeah i i feel like my my relationship with food has gotten better since i've taken a bit of a step away like one of my like our friends uh nick is uh he's like entered the food industry like head on and he's really killing it but um something that he's recognizing now as like entering the industry like a freshie he's seen that like the diet and the way you treat yourself and the way you treat like food that you're consuming just goes completely downhill like you're really the only time when you're in the kitchen that you can eat is when you're like hunched over on a flipped over like milk carton jug or like can you know like the plastic grates uh and you're just like wolfing down food so that you can you're ready for service it's just like it's some of the saddest stuff and it's interesting because you're so focused on cooking for other people that you forget to like enjoy the food itself or the process itself it's just like it's it's not really anything to do with food at that point you lose track of like what you're actually doing because it's so hands-on and and it's so mechanical you know yeah back to my question i guess is how do you still fulfill that passion when you're not into it like day to day where do you get your most fulfillment is it cooking because we talked a little bit how cooking for yourself as a chef is very different for cooking for others yeah so where do you still kind of get that because you said that you like the rush it is stressful being in like a restaurant and being behind the scenes in the kitchen is stressful but yeah it's a little bit of a high as well oh and right now what you're doing you don't really get that no in your day-to-day job so how do you kind of it do you miss it do you want some do you yearn for that kind of environment Sometimes, like, I, I definitely miss the rush, but, like, to be honest, nothing is more beautiful and, and nothing beats being able to cook for someone that you love, you know? Like, and it can be as simple as, like, making an omelet or making, like, French toast in the morning for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, like you said, like, we had, um, we had friends over last night and we spent, like, a bunch of time in the kitchen just, like, grinding away and, like, in the moment, yeah, it's it's a lot of work, but sitting there watching people enjoy food Mm -hmm. if you really break down the experience like you're giving people life like food is life and nothing's more beautiful than being able to give people an experience that's gonna like make them smile and make them and make them i don't know happy yeah yeah and just to preface to the audience like i like don't really cook (laughs) i mean like i can do like basic things but i just even before meeting Jordan, like, I'd obviously cook for myself. I'm not the type to always eat out, but it'd be very basic, and there wouldn't be as much enjoyment into it. Like, I think I would just kind of kind of cook to, like, survive. So sometimes I would, like, follow a recipe, but the majority of the time I'd be too hungry to do something super, like, long, so it would be end up being, like, fucking, like, chicken or rice. I mean, just easy. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes when I'm desperado, I'd have a bowl of cereal for dinner. I'm sorry. I, I can't blame you, though. No, Like, no, it's no. really good. So, Nothing to apologize for that. For me to have this enjoyment, because I feel like being, like, a real foodie, it just kind of comes within you, unless you've yeah. had these experiences later on. But for me now, experiences, experiencing it with you, even going to restaurants, it's not just cooking food anymore. It's going to restaurants. I have, like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. before, if I'm going to be honest, like, obviously I had some taste buds. They weren't super developed. I'm like, oh, this is good. This is okay. And, like, this is bad. Yeah. But... Um, Jordan makes really good Italian food and like pasta, for example. And we had gone to some Italian restaurants 
And I was just like, you know what? Like, yours is better. Or, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. I was, like, actually tasting it. I'm like, fuck, you, like, screwed me over now. I have, like, oh, super damn. exquisite and developed taste. Like, everything. The palate. The palate is yeah. just, like, very developed. And so when I go to restaurants, I'm like, damn it, before this was just, this was good. <laughs> and now this is not good because I'm used to your cooking. Uh, I mean, I, I guess, like, at that point, it's, like, just chasing a, a rush. That's why, shout out to, like, Savio Volpe. Shout out, Savio. I am in love with that restaurant. I think, like, everything about that place is, is like, what the, f- like, a beautiful food industry is. And, I mean, as a chef, being able to, like, walk into a place and appreciate what's going on and, like, the entire structure of the restaurant is, like, that's such a cool experience because, like, there's there's nothing cooler than just being able to to sit there enjoy a meal and then just watch people around you mm-hmm. watch out like when we went to um like lee oh god we're gonna have to do a little segment on the restaurant yeah that was it was insane like just being able to see the entire system there was just it was just crazy yeah so i interviewed sister yeah and we we went to toronto we can you can go back on your porn side we'll just yeah. like do a little bit of a little segment on the restaurant and I've been to some nicer restaurants in Vancouver, obviously with Jordan, because beforehand I'm like, why do I need to go here? Or I'm like, I don't have the money, Or but now like being in my mid-twenties, it's a little bit more realistic than a college student. Sorry if you hear the kitchen, you want to turn the water off? It's okay, it's like ASMR. It's ASMR. It's not us peeing, don't worry. <laughs> um, uh, I had let Chef Lee know, and he, he, came, he came to say hello, which was like crazy. crazy. I was like, I got to shake his hand. You shake his insane. hand. But the whole experience, it was literally a dance. It was like we had so many different servers come in. There was a freaking sangria cart, like, in the oh middle of it. That yeah. was so cool. Yeah. Just, like, the way that everything was put together, it, like, the food alone was just amazing. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. But, like, the overall experience was just wild. Yeah. And I missed that in COVID when we weren't able to go out. Like, obviously, you Uber Eats, you still want to support those, or do, to, to take out, and you want to support those local businesses, but sitting at a restaurant and watching everything go go on i was kept asking jordan questions like who's that who's that what do you think they do behind the kitchen is that there are a lot of people like what is she doing she's like not wearing like chef clothing and like, yeah it was just like so interesting i think we really we sat at a spot where we could kind of see everything yeah and it was just such an amazing experience oh it's so cool yeah what what's it like now i guess entering a, a place that you you're at the start of like your food journey yes. i guess right yes. My rebirth. Your rebirth. That's a good... Damn. Yes. That's the name for this episode. (laughs) Rebirth. Um, So, like, what's it like now knowing that you're going to be able to, like... We're going to be traveling, for example. Yes. Yes. And we're only going to be focused on food. I know. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dating you, I know for the rest of my life, I will be. Yeah. That's so exciting because, again, for, like, I feel like I struggled with food and... Um, like my body and stuff in the past for a really long time. It only was like really maybe dangerous for a couple of years, but I feel yeah. for a while it was like building up and internally I would have this monologue in terms of food and even traveling. Like I would just restrict myself from things like in my mind, certain things were bad Yeah. and I like cut those out and traveling. I just really didn't appreciate the foods and the cultures there. I would like, like have a bit, but I'm like, Oh, I can't eat too much or whatever. We're now my mind isn't consumed about that. Like yeah, how yeah. much I'm eating or whatever, like what other people are eating. I just don't give a shit. I'm just like happy to be there yeah. and happy to just kind of soak everything in. So 
And it took up so much real estate in my brain to think about it constantly. Yeah. To now, it's just so peaceful. Mm-hmm. It's it's like quiet in a really good way. Yeah. yeah. Like I still have an inner monologue with myself, but it's not about food or what it's about my body anymore. So I'm really excited to kind of travel and to experience food in a new light. I'm on a new journey. Yeah. It's a rebirth. Let's go. And when earlier you were talking about like culturally you had missed out on a lot yes how do you see that like relationship rebuilding for yourself and like like are are you gonna take steps to kind of like reconnect with that Mm -hmm. and like if so like how are you gonna do that I feel like that's such a hard and difficult like journey because you're you're reconnecting like food culturally is so intertwined like they they work hand in hand so like this is gonna be such a cool way to reconnect with a part of you that you've like lost. hundred percent. Yeah. So like, how, how are you going to do that? I feel like that's such a, yeah. I mean, so for the people that don't know, I'm half Chinese and half French Canadian. So I'm a mixed baby and my dad's from Hong Kong. He immigrated to Canada when he was three. And then my mom's from Quebec and I've always had these two cultures and I recently did a podcast with another half Asian woman and she wrote a really nice article about feeling kind of lost between her cultures and a line that I really like that she said is especially during the Asian hate and the shootings um, last year she had said um, I was you know resenting my whiteness and then repressing my Chinese-ness and I feel like for a while growing up I wouldn't say I'm white passing to, to most people so, and there's some halfies that are white passing, so it's even more of a struggle because people don't, you know, they see, if you don't, if you don't look a certain way, then you're like, oh, you're not it. Not everyone yeah. thinks that way, but that's kind of the reality of the way that some people think. I, for a while, you know, I didn't, I was for sure repressing my Chinese side and my Asian heritage. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't fully accepting of it, or I remember... I said this last night, but when people would say, oh, like, you like you look Asian, or you look really Asian right now, or something like that, I, I thought of it as an insult, which is so yeah. terrible to say. Like, I was fully repressing it, and I was like, no, 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 I want to be white. I want to be like everyone else. Because I felt like I was maybe too white to be fully Chinese, and then too, like, Asian to be white, and, like, yeah. I was clearly, I physically looked different. To now, these last few years, that I've really been wanting to reconnect with that culture, and I... I feel like having French and Chinese, there's just, they're completely different cultures and they're polar opposites. And yeah. I know my parents have tried to teach me as much as they can. And, um, but now I feel like it's up to me to kind of reconnect with that. And recently I've realized if I've been wanting to reconnect through food, Yeah. obviously I can talk to family members, but I want to create my own memories because they went through their own challenges and hardships, um, being Asian and immigrating to Canada. But I want to, I want to explore the culture. Yeah. And there's only so much you can see like from like movies or social media, but I want to go back. I want to travel. I want to be there in person. Yeah. And maybe from here, because I can't necessarily just hop on a plane right now and go to Hong Kong, go to China yeah. down the line. Yes. But for now I want to connect with other halfies, other Asian women and um, explore it through food and yeah. kind of learn through it all. Like I want to learn a bit more about my own family history and then other people's. I think a lot of it's, great to be shared with like a good company and food yeah so that's kind of how i'm wanting to develop more of my like asian side yeah 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 100 percent. and luckily like i don't know if the listeners know but we're based out of vancouver 
and Vancouver is such a beautiful and, and multicultural city where there are so many opportunities to like get out there and experience food for its like purest form culturally you know you can walk into Chinatown and have the best duck you've yes. ever had yes. or you could go to one of our like sushi joints and have the best sushi you've ever had you know it's just so cool and what I think is so interesting from my perspective is that I get to watch you go through this beautiful journey like mm -hmm. it's gonna be so cool and it's gonna be so educational for me also I mean I'm just this like white dude from small town Ontario but I I'm learning so much and becoming my like my gaze and my my I'm just I'm just being educated by you you know and and as much as you're learning about food you're teaching me about uh, culture and what it, what it means to be someone of color you mm -hmm. know and it's it's such a cool trade-off like I'm for sure yeah I feel like we're both in even I'm learning more about my own culture so I feel like we're both in positions that we're want we're learners but we're also open to just like feedback in general yeah Do you yeah know what I mean like we're just in a very safe space I feel like and I feel like that's probably why I feel so comfortable sharing to you from the beginning when we first met about my struggles yeah and about my family because you've created this environment for me to feel safe to learn safe to make mistakes as I have for you yeah so like moving forward and like if you were to like talk about that like reconnecting with food mm -hmm. how like what were the steps not to say that there's like obviously like a perfect breakdown of it all because it's such a rocky road mm -hmm. what were the steps that you had taken to kind of like start to reconnect and have that healthier relationship with food yeah yeah I kind of want to say it like when we were talking today like about a relationship with food I truly consider it a relationship so as cheesy as it sounds that most people say like you have to you know, learn to love yourself. So I got to learn to love myself to love food. Yeah. You know? So I see food as like a partner, for example. Yeah. And I know for some people that haven't, haven't really struggled, they don't, they're like, what are you talking about? Like food, it's like what we eat every day. But for me, it was such a damaged relationship. And I think there's a lot of things that I did. And again, this is my personal experience. I don't recommend this for like every single person because it might be different for you. But I think for me, the main thing was just, at first, I was in denial, mm -hmm. I would say, like, how could I have a problem with, like, food and stuff? And that took some time to accept. Yeah. And then once I accepted it, like, what are my next steps to heal? But also not putting pressure, being like, okay, I got to fix this right now because I know that it's been, it was years of kind of, yeah, like, trauma. And I can't just fix this overnight. So I think it's the main thing, I think, for me that really helped was just kind of opening up whether that's with like a therapist or friends or being like, Hey, I'm struggling right now. And that comes with acceptance. Like that comes from like post denial. You're like, Hey, I have a problem. And speaking about it vocally and kind of vocalizing how you feel and keeping yourself kind of accountable. Accountable, Yeah. So I think just being able to like reach out with friends. Cause a lot of people have, I realized in my personal life, we're struggling with different forms of something similar. Yeah. And you kind of find, you kind of relate to people and they can kind of, I think a lot what's what me I'm very like I get influenced by other people's energy around me so if I'm around you hear that sizzling <laughs> if you're ooh. so if you're if I'm around people that have like a toxic mindset or don't have a good relationship with food that heavily influences me yeah so I think when I was really vulnerable I had to surround myself with people that like 
had a good relationship with food or were encouraging, understood my situation. Yeah. So that's like a big chunk of it. And then from there, I think it, it just took time. I know if you're struggling and I know that's probably not the first thing that you want to hear that it takes time, but it does. It takes work to rebuild that relationship. And then I just found enjoyment and appreciation in food through little things. Like for example, I love breakfast and I love cereal (laughs) or like, I'm sorry, I'm so boring, but like I love oatmeal and I would get excited to find like recipes or things that would make me excited in the morning to want to eat, to enjoy food. Yeah. So I would find things like through cooking. If you're not a huge cook, like I'm not, but I found like little things that made me happy that were easy enough for me to do. And that like kind of made me appreciate things more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think like we were having this conversation last night too. Like I think the, the best way for me, especially because like I struggled with it also earlier on was like being able to like break it down and look at food. Like I started looking at recipes cause I was like stuck on making myself look better. Mm-hmm. So I was only eating like chicken and rice and tuna and rice mm-hmm. for every meal. Mm, that's like terrible. nonstop. It was yeah. awful. It sucks so much just cause I was like obsessed with my own body. Right. You know? And I guess like that's when my relationship with food had changed because I just started, I started breaking things down and really looking at food in the ingredient way and like looking at it as if it's like an art instead of uh, a sustenance thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where my food, food journey started. So it's, it's, it's interesting cause it sounds like that's kind of what's happening to you too. Mm-hmm. Is like you've broken down food and you're starting to look at it as if it's, it's an enjoyment thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, it's an experience instead of like, uh, a tool or like a, or like, yeah, just like us, like just us. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely yeah. see it way like as an experience yeah. and like, that's the key word. And I never saw that for a lot of my life. I feel like I wasn't like a foodie and like, I didn't see it as an experience exactly. It was more just fuel. So yeah. the biggest thing that has that like food has taught me is just to like disconnect and to really like not care and it does like it sounds hard Mm -hmm. and it sounds like um it sounds just so like arbitrary and just like out there but it truly is like it's it's as simple as like making a loaf of bread you know and you completely get lost of like what you're making you like you're so intertwined in like what's on your hands and what you're doing with your hands Mm -hmm. and I completely forget about all of the hard things I guess yeah I don't know I don't know it's hard to explain no yeah that's okay and I I'm also wondering just having been in the food industry yeah and again now how I guess okay so we talk a lot about the influences of like social media and mental health which is really great and I know that a lot of your a lot of your friendships were made through food, whether it was like a coworker, a sous chef, or like you know, a chef above you, or like a what do you call them, a master? Not a master. Like, like a, a, a mentor. A mentor. My yeah. God, I wasn't sure what it was called, like in the food industry, but yeah. so a mentor. You see all that in social media, and you're no longer in it right now. You're no longer in the food industry. Yeah. How do you feel about that, seeing other people? Like, how do you not compare yourself? Because you see them, and obviously it takes time in the food industry to build yourself up, and some yeah. people are having a lot of success with their businesses or as chef, all within the food industry. How does that make you feel not being in it? 
Yeah. And not comparing yourself. It's actually so interesting because like my f- the first chef that I worked under was a guy named Blair. Shout out Blair in Halifax. Hey Blair. Good hey tacos. Blair. Yeah, great tacos. Like actually stellar tacos. Um, like the first thing that this guy told me is like, if you're entering the food industry now, just know you're not gonna be a Gor- like a Gordon Ramsay. And he's, <laughs> which yeah yeah. That's rough. And like, that is the like biggest snap into reality it's basically like hey you have dreams but your dreams are unachievable (laughs) so it's like okay wait okay i have a question before you go into that yeah so with like athletes for example you got to be kind of born with it and you can tell from an early age if like that person's going to make it as an athlete yeah in their high school years and stuff with being a chef can that happen like later on if it's not an innate ability so why did he say that like why was he like you're not going to be a Gordon Ramsay. Like, why? What made him say that? Because there's so many people with talent, you know? But that's with everything. Exactly, what? yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, it's basically like telling some crazy, amazing soccer player in Spain, like this kid in Spain, that he's not going to be the next Ronaldo. Like, the reality of the situation is there is that one kid, but there's going to be, like, thousands and thousands and millions and millions of other people that are doing things differently, you know? And... The thing is, like, once you start glamorizing the the industry, then you've kind of like, I don't know, not to sound terrible, but like you're kind of glamorizing something that is really ugly. Like, the food industry is ugly, and it's 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 such a tough environment, especially for people. What do you mean when you say ugly? It's ugly. It's grimy. Like you really lose sense of yourself. Like fuck, I I remember when I. Like, my first, like, two or three years in the food industry, when I, like, got into the thick of it, I was, like, spending 12 to 13-hour days in mm-hmm. the kitchen, which was, like, really shitty, and I aged myself. Uh-huh. Like, I have wrinkles now because I'm, I'm like, exhausted mm-hmm. still. Like, my skin literally shows it. Yeah, and it's not, like... Some kitchens, you got sunlight, or you're able to see people around. Most kitchens, right, it's you're kind dark. of hunched over, yeah. it's dark, you don't see the sun for days, you don't go outside apart from, like, maybe a cigarette cigarette break here yeah. and there. Which, I mean, that's also why it's ugly, is, like, I, I picked up a smoking, like, habit when I first started um, in the industry, because that's the only way that you get a break, is through cigarettes. Which is like that's crazy. Such a so, shitty way. On overall, was there any breaks during the day? Like no. Why is it? Why is it that? Is there a shortage of staff? Is it just the culture? Like, is that just what it's built up to be, or why is it that people are having these crazy hours? Or is it just food is just so in demand? I just I'm curious to know why. Yeah. Well, it's definitely the culture. Like the thing is, like every kitchen, generally most kitchens have the attitude of like it's an honor to be here. Like you. Like, you do not deserve to be here, so you should be working nonstop to deserve to, like, have this position, you know? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that continues on, even as a chef, like, you you don't feel like you deserve what you're receiving, like... like. Wow. So how do... When do you, like, does any chef feel like they've ever made it? Like, is there even the ones that are, like, Michelin star and stuff, do they feel like they've made it? Well, no, because I think, like... Where the journey starts is with a healthy, like, with a relationship with food. Like, let's look at, like, Sasser, for example. He is, like, uh, probably someone that had such a fantastic relationship with food and such a cool relationship with food where he was being taught at a young age, like, 
like usually it starts culturally like this like he's being taught what his mom cooked or what his grandmother cooked and then you start to lose that like love and that relationship when you're like grinding these terrible hours and it's really hard to connect and i'm sure if you were to ask a sir now like who's your favorite like like do, do you prefer to cook for family or cook for like your audience or your crowd he's gonna say his family 10 times oh yeah well like either way it's just like as a chef do you think that you, you ever make it like i'm sure some do and i'm sure sir probably does because he has yeah but like people that own their own restaurants like financially you're not stable no matter how successful your restaurant is like most of the money that you're making is going directly back into the restaurant and it's interesting because i feel like with other some other careers some people can pay their way up but with food oh, you yeah. can't you got to do the hours like everyone on hours you got to do that those years oh yeah yeah you, you can't just kind of jump into i'm going to be a chef yeah even if like your dad your daddy is so rich yeah you can't no you have to start off as a kitchen hand like you have to start off working the salad the salad bar or being a dishwasher and then becoming a garmanger and then becoming yeah. like a saucier and then you make you slowly build your way up so but, by like but let's say you're a little bit more established you've been to school is it a lot of it like what restaurants to work at is it connection still or is it talent because i know a lot of industries that i've and people i've interviewed it's who you know yeah but with cooking and being a chef is it like what stands out when you want to work for a nice restaurant it's or, mostly like connections but also like the biggest thing is who, like who you've worked for before it's like entering it like as a freshie yeah. you have to know somebody yeah you have to know somebody to get into a restaurant um that's like worthwhile working and like making your way up okay what dump for a little dumpling break what are yeah. you eating uh i think this is a chicken one. Oh my god okay i'm gonna dip a bit i actually killed it i'm not gonna lie sorry i'm chewing that's really hot but that's, that's so, so good. good holy shit so i have this mushroom based one like yeah. a little veggie i ha can't say i've had a veggie mushroom based dumpling really i don't think so i find mushrooms is like it's like the meatiest vegetable mm -hmm. so it's the best it's like a good for my cooks out there if you ever want to make um like a, a cool meat-based dish use king mushrooms the big thick boys they they emulate meat like really nicely Damn. Dumplings are good. We should... What's another one that we could do with our hands? Like fresh pasta. Yeah. Pasta's a good one. Or... Sushi. Sushi. Oh my god, that's, that's very... so messy though. Okay, we're just about to eat our dumplings right now. We're still cooking, so if you hear it sizzling, that free ASMR for you. You're welcome. Let us know if you want us to do just an ASMR of the dumpling sizzling. Actually, yeah, why don't we Why don't we just get like can a just, quick like, shot? We do a quick... Ready? Sorry for the people that don't want to hear, but. Watch it sound like absolute shit. <laughs> shit, like. Let me look at the Okay. So, this is an ongoing conversation, so I'm sure that we're going to do another episode on this, but mm -hmm. I think overall, food is healing. And if right now you don't have a good relationship with food, you're struggling, I would say start by, and if you're not a chef or anything, start by baking food. Yeah. What would you say is a good one? Dumplings is really fun. It's not too hard. You can get, like, you can buy the the paper at, like, a local grocery store usually, mm -hmm. or you can go to, like, Sun Given or um, 
What's Lit that food called? TNT? Yeah, literally, I, I think it's just a matter of like, actually I shouldn't say just a matter of, it's such a complicated, like, it's such a complicated battle, but I think what's helped for, I think, both of us is finding something that you like to make and that you like to eat and and really breaking it down and take your time with it and, and start, like, I don't want this to sound weird, but like making love with the food, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And really, really breaking it down and, and, and enjoying the process more than, than eating itself first, obviously. And then, and then that, like, hopefully that relationship starts to develop, you know? Mm -hmm. And we're not, again, we're not psychiatrists or trained professionals saying, this is what you need to do, obviously, if you need to go get help, get help, but this is our way of kind of saying how do we enjoy food. I think it starts by the, the making of it. And yeah. for me, obviously, I was blessed to see someone make me amazing food, so I didn't have to actually physically do it, but I got to watch you, but now it's really fun, like, trying to help you it. Trying to be the little Sue. Yeah. In her tiny kitchen. Shit. So this is kind of the series while we're just kind of cooking in the kitchen. I think in the future I will record them where we're going to do some cuts. Maybe post it on YouTube or something where you can see um, most likely Jordan cooking. I can like do it for sure. I can do she some of the cutting. Can cook. I can, but it's like I think the chefs out there are really going to cringe at what I do, but I will try. Um, so we're going to keep this going. I think it's really fun. Yeah. So thank you everyone for listening. This is, I think I'm going to post this at my 100th episode. I'll do an intro before, so I'm sure you've heard everything, but I'm very grateful for it. So thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.